Let's talk about bakeries. Today is the 12th of July, 2023. I love to go into bakeries. I've visited so many bakeries around the world. I find myself to be a bit of a connoisseur of bakeries. How about you? Well, I've never ever given any idea to working in a bakery, but lately, as I told you before, I've come across one and I loved it really, really much, like, because it was like early in the morning and uh, I liked the peace and quiet of the early hours. And uh, this this was the only place that was open. And I kind of went in and spoke a little bit with the assistant or who do you call that woman who sells bread and... Oh, the, yeah. clerk, the clerk is behind the... Yeah. Yeah. She said, "Well, we uh, like kind of waking up early, which is sucks, but but uh, going to bed really early even harder. And uh, but still, I I I loved it a lot because I think I'm. It's kind of coincides with my uh, circadian rhythm or what's that called? Yeah, circadian with who rhythm. I am. Yeah, with yes. who I am. Yes, I, I do I'm miss actually... it. I'm actually an early morning person. Yeah, I like to I like to be up early in the morning. I like to sleep in the afternoon and I like to be up late at night. So I'm kind of I'm kind of an early bird and a night owl. But Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. a, a bakery working in a bakery would be so amazing. There is a famous bakery in. Uh, New Braunfels, which is between Austin and San Antonio, and it's called Naglands and it's uh, that whole area is settled by German um, immigrants to Texas. And the bakery, people will come from hundreds of miles away to get Christmas breads and Thanksgiving things. And they have, oh, they have just the most, I mean, like, you know, from the tip of your finger to the end of your elbow, uh, strudel, apple strudel that's homemade in their bakery. And they mail it all around the world. I mean, um, I, I feel like I want to go there now. No, bakeries are great because they, they create a, a very delicious and beautiful product. And people enjoy having a slice of strudel with their coffee. And or- also, also, it's sort of a meditation because I understand it's quite a physical and technical. But uh, when you, uh, when you know, when you roll the dough, is that what it's called? The dough into shapes, into bread? No. Yeah, or you no. use a, a muscle memory and uh, you like do it all day long and you don't think about anything. It's sort of a zen-like state. Well, also, uh, there is a bakery here in Dallas. It's called Boulangerie. And uh, mm. it, it ha- it's very, French. very small. Yeah, it's French. And it's, it's like, I love the French. They are such brats. Like, the French are so egocentric and they are such narcissists. But I love them. Like, they're sure that they're the best country in the world. They're sure, sure that their food is the highest quality in the world. I mean, right now, all over France, France is burning with riots and protests. But, you know, the French love to get out there and, like, tear up stuff and then complain and cut off the heads of their monarchs and make pastries. I mean, I just love the French. So this place called La Boulangerie is filled with lots of expatriates who are living in Dallas. So these are like the most obnoxious people in the world. Like you go there, everybody's ordering in French and everyone's, oh, do they want croque monsieur? Do they want like a quiche or 
maybe they want chocolate or pan or they want this and like you know it and it's great everybody smells great everybody looks great and then the people that work the people that own the bakery um have special kinds of ovens and cooling racks like it's very very high-end equipment that they're making all their stuff on but um well i've, I've so never cool. been to france so i can't attest to authenticity of what you have just listed but uh, the frame well you know i, I think okay, it's just associated with amazing croissants in my mind yeah well the thing is like there's little bakeries all over you know where you are and you can go in and get a croissant or you can go in and get a, a slice of strudel or um what kinds of things did you see in the bakery that you went to a week or so ago on your on your early morning drive what sort of did they have like croissant mostly food? that's that's why i i told you that the french bakery mostly associated with croissant with me i mean there are sure uh, there are many items including chocolate and stuff but i I don't know. I did, I when I have too much of a choice, I always like become paralyzed. We discussed that before the paralysis analysis or analysis. Yes, paralysis. yes. So I stick to croissants mostly. That's all I know about French bakery. <laughs> no, they're good. They're really good. And my friend David Anton, his mother, and uh, I think his cousin uh, used to work at Naglin's. His mother has has passed away. Marilyn, rest in peace. But. Um, Oh, you know, whenever he goes down to New Braunfels, he he and his dad will always bring back a really, really big, beautiful uh, apple strudel and cut off some of it for me. I like these little German Pfeffernusen. They're little, oh, they're, my father used to love these because I, I lived in Germany. But Pfeffernusen are cookies that have powdered sugar on them. And on the inside is a little bit of a, I don't even know what it's called, anise, some kind of a seed. It's really, I like Pfeffernusen and I like sugar cookies and and I like, they don't, I don't even know if they make croissants. Like, like yeah, but kinda, you know what French, what French bread is? Because we've got uh, like in lots of places, they sell French bread. They sell kind the of long, bag, the baguette. Baguette, yeah. Bag, baguette, uh -huh, yeah. yeah. People, the long people, thin type of bread. I don't know, maybe it's a French origin. I don't know why they call it French. Well, they call it French bread because Fran France has uh, created enough propaganda around it to make it seem like they've invented the baguette. But when I used to live in Turkey and traveled in Istanbul and Ankara and little small towns all over Turkey, they have these wonderful bakeries and people will go, they'll either send their maid or they'll send some younger member of the family to go get the morning bread and they, you just walk to the bakery and you get what's the equivalent of kind of a baguette, but in Turkish it's called ekmek. Ekmek, mm. it means bread. And you can get like fat fat loaves, you can get longer loaves, but they're all that, that same sort of baguette texture. And you can put jam on it, or you can dunk it in coffee, or you yeah, can- Yeah, absolutely. It it's, it's very convenient to slide into pieces, but if you transport it, if you take it in a shop and you have to bring it home, back home uh, it's kind of it's not it doesn't fit anywhere well the other thing is that it uh it they use no preservatives because people are are eating it that day and i remember um uh uh when my uh former husband was telling me about when he was a a, a teenage boy he used to play soccer you know in the streets uh 
well, whatever boys do when they're teenagers, or on a field or something, just a bunch of friends, and that he would come home and eat five loaves of bread. And and uh, he, he likes to eat, and I'm not sure how big the loaves were, but Turkish bread, breads are very, very famous. Now, there's some very fancy uh, bakeries on, on Baghdad, Jaktasi. It's like Baghdad Street. It's kind of like Champs-Élysées in, in Baghdad, Jaktasi is in Istanbul. But yeah, getting bread, fresh bread is quite, quite nice. So you're thinking maybe it would be sort of fun to imagine working in a bakery and you would get up early and then what time do they close down? At uh, 6 p.m. I think they're closed. Uh, quite I early, you, I must say. I thought you said that they would close around 4. No, that's what you said. Oh, did I say that? But that's that? not the point. That's that's not the point. The point is, if I've if I'm given an opportunity to work, uh, uh, I find the job of my choice. Uh, I would have probably. I used to, I don't know. I want to become a librarian, but now I think I would have switched to baker. Well, you know what you could do is you could uh, be a baker, and if they have like some little seating out front, you could have a little. Um, a little Library. bookshelf. A, yeah, like a, <laughs> no, I'm sure, no, they they do that. I I I have a friend who had a kolache shop here in Dallas, and he had a. Is that kolache? Because kolache sounds like Russian kind of pastry. I thought yeah. maybe that somehow I don't know Turkish word like divan. We got a lot of Turkish words in our language. So maybe they're like cross cultural. Right. Well, you know, this this place that um, this guy had like long red hair and he had a he had like a player. He had a piano in his bakery and his his specialty was kolaches and he had all this space. Uh, and and so I brought in a bookshelf and I just started putting some books there. So and then that went really and I started hanging art there. And then I was sort of selling art out of his bakery. And then um, it was not a library that you would check things out. It's called just, you know, you bring a book, you take a book. So then I started a whole section of children's books. So, um, you know, a person could come in there and have, have like a coffee and a, um, you know, a kolache or like a, they call it pig in a blanket is like a little piece of sausage wrapped in a roll. They call it pig mm -hmm. in a blanket. And, um, it was just great. It was really, really great. But um, God, I the forgot coffee, the name. The of smell, it. the smell of coffee in the morning. Uh, also, the smell of fresh baked bread in the morning is wonderful. That is so much better than just going into a, a an office where there's just banks and banks of people working and computers humming and everyone's, you know, on a deadline to try to get the next project out. You know. I enjoyed. Yeah, that's not uh, fair. Well, I mean, I enjoyed being a professor because I, I, um, every every three months my schedule would change. So maybe I'd have two morning classes and then an afternoon class, and the next semester I'd have um, a late afternoon class, an evening class, and then like, but I, you know, I always love to be up early in the morning and have a cup of coffee, even if the coffee's just brewing. I just, even if I don't drink it, I feel like when I'm smelling coffee, it's like. I think I'm happy. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I, I think you're lying. You do? 
Yeah, because no, there is no such notion as happy. Well, happiness. Yeah, I'm happy. Just stop spoiling. I that I'm jealous, maybe, or you're not happy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I am happy. I have this really great uh, cup that has. Uh, it's, it's a very expensive set. Where is this from? It's German. Uh, china it's german and it it has plums on it and it's got little it's really really great and i have this coffee it's it's from this shop it's called ldu so they're they're australian two australian guys moved to dallas and then they said let's have a coffee shop where there's no wi-fi and people just talk to each other or read the newspaper Mm -hmm. at first of all people were saying you're flipping crazy. Dallas operates off of everyone being on their phone and on their laptops. And a lot of shops, you know, someone will come in and have two cups of coffee and stay for four hours and use it as their office. But this LDU, I got my coffee there. And I don't know, like maybe my son-in-law actually bought this for me. And it's it was ground maybe like four days ago. It smells great. And I am... I am happy now. I'm going to stand on my happiness right now and put a flag on it. Like when an adventurer, an explorer goes to a new land and stabs a flag into the land. I'm claiming this moment for happiness. <laughs> right? Hello. Oh my gosh. Did you hear what I no. said? Uh, it was the most you didn't hear it? It was the most amazing thing in the world. No, no, no. But the recording, I'm sure we had a recording because someone called me and I had to, like, I didn't want to interrupt you. I apologize. Okay. Okay. Well, okay I'm just can saying, you give me the, the quick, give me the quick rundown of what you said? What I'm saying is that I am happy and I have a beautiful cup I'm drinking from. It's, it's from a, a, a beautiful china set. And it's, it's kind of like when the explorers go to find a new land and they stab their flag with, they stab their pole with the flag on it, claiming this land for Spain, claiming this land for, for Great Britain. I am stabbing this moment and proclaiming it a moment of happiness. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like a po- poetry. Well, it sounds like a poetry because I thought I've um, I asked you, well, I wanted to ask you what does happiness mean to you, and then I've given it a little bit thought, and then I thought is happiness a life goal or is it something else? And am I happy? And I concluded that I'm not happy, but I am rather content. I'm, I am. I don't know if there's a difference between being happy and being content, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I am. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm ninety percent, ninety or seventy percent happy. And that means hundred percent content. Now that's good because content means that you are finding some satisfaction in your life, a, a, a moderate level of satisfaction, and that that is enough to fill your cup. I find mm-hmm. that happiness is fleeting. There can be moments of happiness, like. I was really happy that I was talking so much and then I took another sip of my coffee and it wasn't hot anymore and then I was sad. No, that's called schizophrenia. Because if you jump from one 
like a state to another I mean the psyche uh, and they call it schizophrenia I have it no you don't because you can work a schizophrenic I'm just, I think I am good I'm kind of a chameleon no one knows about that I think you told us I think you told us <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, no. I mean, to me, I mean, schizophrenia is a psychiatric diagnosis, which means you have no contact with reality. You imagine spiders are crawling on you. I, I think that you're just kind of a high energy, smart guy who has a lot of ideas and you are possibly in a midlife crisis. I, I don't want to make you feel bad. No, no, no. We told you. I mean, we discussed that before. How do you feel about how do you, how you should feel about yourself when or how do you should you feel once the session is over? And you said, no, you you have to feel good. I said, no, not necessarily, because sometimes you feel bad, and it's better to feel bad after uh, like a conversation because that might mean that you achieved some goal which you work out, uh, which you work towards. Or maybe you wanted to achieve, or you didn't want to achieve. You, you. So I don't know. Um, or maybe I'm just good at controlling my schizophrenia to my benefit. Uh, well, you know, you show up. You show up for the session. We show up for our talks. Our subscribers check in to see how we're doing. Now I feel like sometimes our subscribers are just listening to see how we are doing. <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's uh, let's They're agree really that we, we, both of us, we we are stable without medication <laughs> yes yes and uh i mean like coffee isn't medication and alcohol no. isn't medication and no. cigars is not medication and nicotine is mm. not a medication and driving too fast isn't medication but these are mind-altering substances yes we should have yeah. become doctors yes <laughs> We are doctors of trauma therapy, and you know I'm very excited to tell our listeners that um, one of our subscribers, uh, Mark Stevens, who who we interviewed a year or two ago, talking about trains, he has been documenting um, the takedown of this this bridge up in um, Michigan where he lives, and I'm not sure if he goes to bakeries. I'm not sure if he drinks coffee, but. You know, fairly soon he's going to, we're going to be doing an interview with Mark, and I'm going to have a nice cup of coffee when that interview uh, takes yeah, place. Yeah. You've, you've, you've mentioned um, Turkish bakery. I thought uh, we discussed a little bit of French, but I thought, what can I expect in a Turkish bakery? Probably um, lots of sweets. Oh, they have, you know, well, uh, well, Mehmet Effendi is a is a coffee. A coffee. Made, yeah, I love that. Yeah, and there's coffee houses all around the world uh, that that's that are you know like outposts. And I went to one in in you know Brooklyn or Middletown, New Jersey, or somewhere. And it's it's beautifully decorated. It has all the Turkish copper and samovars, and they often have trays of the Turkish delight. You know that lokum, and you can get a cup of coffee, and sometimes you can buy a ceramic plate but but uh you know those are coffee houses that have like a bakery on the side but uh, there are bakeries that um make baklava and uh then there's what's baklava it sounds sounds strangely familiar it is, is it layered 
Yeah, it's layered phyllo dough that has crushed pistachios on it, and it's about the size of your... Oh, I know what it is now. Yeah, that's sherbet. Yeah, yeah, and you, um, and you can, you know, you can get one or two pieces. Oh, they, you know, in uh, eastern, eastern Turkey, there's lots and lots of pistachio trees. So the pistachios from eastern Turkey, the cherries from up on the Black Sea, all of these ingredients are rounded up and sent to Istanbul, and they'll make them. They make like the the lokum or the Turkish delight with with rose water from, or, or they'll, the roses come from Bursa, the cherries are from up on the Black Sea, but the baklava, it's famous. Yeah, it's famous. It's but, but did you know, we, we, we kind of spoke about the French bread, but I, I think I have this shop, little shop in the corner and they sell Turkish bread, but we call it, uh, not necessarily Turkish, but it's kind of, um, uh, I don't know how to describe this. It's not long, like French. It's um, spherical. You know what Turkish bread is? I don't know what yeah, well, I mean, it's call different. It. You mean pide? It's called pide. It's round, and you can you they they put gyros in it in Greece. No, I don't know what it's called. No, pide doesn't mean any bell. What's what's the size of it? Take your hand and look at your hand. What's the size and shape of this bread you're talking about? Well, let me think. Uh, that, that would be a size of a football ball. <laughs> Is that how it's called? But, but yeah, yeah. only it's not... Yeah, yeah no, it's uh, like, good. Yeah. Like watermelon. Like a watermelon football. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to call this. Only sliced. Um, not oh, not sli- to read. <laughs> sliced watermelon football. <laughs> I think it's called <laughs> in English. I, don't know to, I know what it is, but when you ask me, I can't describe it. I just, Turkish bread. I call it Turkish bread. I thought there is a name for it. Okay, well, I think you've, you've done us damage to our mind. <laughs> so I believe it's probably a sliced sourdough because the outside is a little bit crispy, but the inside is kind of spongy, and you can make sandwiches out of it. You know what pita is? Pita? Or pide? Pide is what pide? they call it. You call it pide? In Turkey. In, in uh, Turkey, they call it, you know, in, Tur- in Turkey and in Greece, they call it pide. But also when mm-hmm. it's rolled out flat, they call it lamanjun. They roll it flat and they put little Yeah, that's what it. I meant. Turkish bread is probably something rolled flat. Exactly that. That's what I meant. That's a la majun, la majun, and you, you can get it with like little spices, little tiny bits of ground beef. Maybe just kebab. No, kebab no, is sort kebab. of a... a kebab's on a skewer. It's big pieces of meat on a skewer. What skewer? It's a sword. It's like a sword. Like imagine I'm going to uh-huh. poke your eyes out with a sword. Awful. Okay. <laughs> well. I mean, you know, that's what happened in the play Oedipus Rex by uh, Sophocles. You know, he found out that he killed his father and had married his mother. And he said, let me not be fit to see the world. I'm going to stab my eyes out. And so that is a famous play that I was referencing. (laughs) But none of our subscribers should do anything that we're talking about in any episode. 
episode. We we recommend that you keep your eyes. We, we recommend that you drive the speed limit. We recommend that you do not do yeah. not go close yeah. to the edge. Imagine, imagine that you like you you feel like to eat kebab, like, uh, and uh, is there any like place around you where to eat kebabs? Yeah, this is Dallas. There are people from around the world uh, that there's there's one um, kebab house that they have uh, the gyros. It's it's meat stacked on a spit. It's like vertical, and it's spinning on a fire behind it. And you take oh yeah, that that we have to. I love that. How do you call that yeah. kebab? Uh, no, that's is not a kebab. What is it called? The house might be called a kebab house, but that's called um, that's called a, a gyros. You slice mm -hmm. it down and put it on the bread, and they sometimes put like a Greek sauce with, and you just walk on the street and eat it. It's like amazing. We call yeah, it doner. When I was in Germany, it's called. No, it is. That's doner, doner kebab. Yeah, doner, uh, doner, and and um, yeah, in Greece it would be like a, a gyros, but yeah, doner kebab. And you know it's so good. They slice it down, and then they put it on a plate, and then they put a red sauce on it. Then they put yogurt. Then they put mint on it. Then they put oil on it. With with I love I love to make that. That's famous in some other part of Turkey, like. You know, I'm thinking we can also do Petroma Therapy Cookbook edition <laughs> and talk about different things that we like to eat. And I know that Michael, Michael in Albuquerque loves to eat. And I know that Mark, he likes pizza. He likes popcorn. He can discuss his popcorn recipes with us. I mean, who doesn't like to eat? You know what I've noticed about kebab places when I... I, at least when when in England, when I was in England. They're open late at night and early in the morning, whereas all the other like shops often close at nine p.m. Well, because that's street food. So this this is a place you'd go after a movie or after a date or getting off work or people that work at night. Like that, if if you're in a big city that has a night life. You know, some people stay late in their office, and then they need to go home, but they have to commute, and the commute is 45 minutes to drive to north, mm -hmm. north of Dallas, and you just need something, so you just pop into some place, and you get that. And I mean, or, you know, in Manhattan, there's everybody working in their big, big buildings, and they only have, like, about an hour for lunch, like, to go sit and get a table and order. It just takes too long, so you just go get some street food, and, and it's... It's delicious. Yeah, and I mean, uh, also it's very comfy in terms of uh, like you can still check your phone or I don't know uh, and eat kebab and uh, without dropping it. And uh, do you see yeah. see my point? Yes, and also I think one of the the mottos of New York is it's the city that never sleeps in, in Manhattan. Mm. It's the city that never sleeps and. You know, of course, during the pandemic, a lot of the streets were empty. A lot of the little small um, bakeries and kebab houses were shut. But most of that's kind of up and running again. And, uh, yeah, I, I like those uh, doner sandwiches because you can you can get it with extra garlic yogurt sauce. And, like, they wrap it in a 
sometimes they wrap it in foil, but sometimes they wrap it in wax paper, paper. Like I want to just buy two extra ones and put them in each of my pockets so that when I go home, I can just put my hand in my pocket and feel, feel that there's, there is love in the world. I have a donor. Do, do, you, do you like more? Yeah, when I was in Germany again, somehow it's very popular there. Uh, it's it's become European, I think. Maybe it used to be Turkish, but but now everybody knows what it is. Do you do do you what do you like more, a French or Turkish bakery? Okay, well, one of the things about Donner in Germany is that so many. Uh, uh, you know, in the 40s and in the 50s and in the 60s, so many Turks left Turkey to go work in Germany. So, you know, there there are educated Turks, there's bankers, there's lawyers, but most of the people who were cleaning the airports and cleaning the streets and most of the lower working class people were Turkish immigrants into Germany. And then some of them, the next generation, started making kebab houses and donor houses. So that might be... It might be immigration, you know, it might be the immigrants that came into to Germany. But when you say, what are my favorite? Well, you know, yeah. French food, your French food, you can't eat on the go because you know, like it takes a lot of equipment. And mm-hmm. well, I, mean, I like I like a brulee, which is like a custard that's if you have a blowtorch, you like torches and chainsaws, right? Not particularly, no. But uh, a blowtorch that has fire coming out of it, you take a little ramekin that has a custard in it and you like put sugar on the top and you blowtorch it. So the top of it is crunchy. So when you plunge your spoon into it, it's crunchy. Like I like cream brulees and uh, yeah, and I like bread. And what what is the question? <laughs> <laughs> what's deli i mean do you know what deli is and i wonder what's either difference like versus bakery well a delicatessen <clears throat> a lot of delicatessens were run in houston by jewish families and also in new york a uh, cat's k-a-t-z cats was a famous delicatessen that would sell sliced meats, sliced salamis, sandwiches, pickles. So it, it would be it would be sliced meats made into sandwiches and, and mainly to go, mainly to go. So you go mm-hmm. in there. You oh, I see. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. You okay. Yeah, I'm 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 coughing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hey, the, the name, the coffee you said, that Mehmed Efendi, it's in English, or is that how they pronounce it in Turkey? Well, the name of, like the name of Paris, we Americans would say Paris, but French would pronounce it Paris. But Mehmed Efendi. the coffee? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mehmed Efendi is, Efendi, is yes. the name, the name of it. So Mehmed, mm. and then Efendi is a... Um, a polite Turkish word that means the gentleman. And so the, the mm-hmm. logo on it is a, a mustached man kind of holding a little cup of coffee. But yeah, it's just like La, La Baza has its, like some people the, say- Those are La, two brands I uh, love. La Baza, you call it, and Mehmet Efendi recently bought one like a year ago, and I, I've been buying it since then. 
Hey, I'm getting into Turkish coffee now. Well, you know, my daughter just came back from Istanbul, and uh, uh, she said that now Mehmet Effendi is doing cocoa. And so we made an iced coffee here in Dallas. We took a beautiful glass, kind of like a cut crystal wine glass, and we put some ice cubes in it. We put a little bit of milk. Well, no, we put a shot of espresso that was cooled down, and then we put a little bit of milk on it, and then we we uh, sifted onto the top the Mehmet Effendi um, cocoa. And, and it was, I took a picture of it, and it was like an Instagrammable photo. But yeah, the, that Mehmet Effendi coffee is is quite good. Um, yeah, I, I, I told you that I've, I've bought the ja, Jazwa recently uh, because I decided to get into making Turkish coffee at home. And I've, I've done it like 10 or 20 times since then for the past two weeks. And the first time I had so much trouble with it because I've never used Jazwa. Yeah, I've decided yeah. it's time to ask you for help and to see what I'm doing wrong. And you said that type and that. Well, you know, it depends on the size of the flame. It, sends, it depends on the, like the, the circumference of the bottom of the Jezve compared to the circumference of the burner you're putting it on. If you're putting a little small Jezve on a huge burner you're just, and you put your hand there, you're going to burn off all the hair on your arm. So in the type of the flame and the size of the circumference of the Jezve. So a lot of people in Turkey will get a Jezve set. One is for an individual, then there's another one a little bit bigger, it's for about two cups, and then there's one for about four cups. So let's suppose you're having a little a little party, at, you know, you're a lady and you're having a little a little coffee party and you, you, you've got picked up some baklava and someone's bringing over lokum and someone brings some flowers. You might use the Jezve that could prepare four cups and then you serve the four cups of the Turkish coffee. So, you know, you might graduate into a Jezve set. Are you having a lot of coffee parties with friends? <laughs> None. I didn't even know such, such thing exists. But but I used the Jezve this morning. I thought, well, I tried to heat it. Oh, I always heat it. I'm, I have this flat top stove, but I've never, I've seen many videos on YouTube and still I'm having trouble getting it, my coffee to foam up consistent because there, is, should, should, there should be a white foam all over the top side. Because in my so case, it either boils over and just becomes a little bit beer or it just doesn't foam up depending upon how high I set the heat. If you have a flat top stove that has no real flame on it, it's just no. like an electric It's paper. a disappointment. In my, in my uh, like fallout shoulder, in the wood, I have uh, a gas lighter. Yeah, that'll That's work. That's much that'll, better. Mm -hmm. That will work. I'm trying. I'm going to try that. The Jezve needs a real flame on it, not just an electronic source. Because yeah, that's what I here, concluded too. What uh, my friend Alex uh, has been uh, remodeling his mother's house, and I was over there one day, and he was he was trying to warm up something. And he has one of these, his mother has in her house a, a very beautiful, the flat top stove that has, it's all electronic. And he was trying to warm something up, but you can't do anything on it because you had it, it was just like awful. I like a real stove with a real flame. And right now I don't have the gas stove, but the place I live right now has the, uh, 
the coiled, um, there's no flame, but it's a coil. And it's also mm -hmm. easier to con control. But um, yeah, I think that you would do really well doing the Jezbe on an actual gas stove because you can see the flame and you can lower the flame to be able, you want like a, a, a lower flame, not, not too low, but you want it to boil enough and then you turn the flame down because there's still heat in the, the Jezbe. Yeah, but it's how do you like your coffee? Is it is it supposed to be a little bitter? Well, Turkish coffee. Uh, well, the way people drink Turkish coffee is either shekerli or shekersiz. So when they, so when you go around, and you say, "Well, how do you want yours?" Shekerli means put a couple lumps of sugar in it, and shekersiz means I just want it black. So when you're making the coffee. It depends on the ratio of the grounds to the water. So if you're putting in too many grounds of coffee and there's not enough water, it's just going to be so bitter and thick. And it's not going to foam up because it's too thick. It's too much like mud. Mm. Is it sort of like mud? Sort of. So I would do a little bit less of the grounds, a little bit more of the water, and then just stand there and watch it and let the coffee talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I, I'm thinking how many videos I've um, watched and we discussed this with you a few times. It's crazy how much work we put into this for something that's brewed regularly in most households in Turkey without giving a single thought to it. Because they all grew up with it. Their aunts, their uncles, their cousins. Everybody has summer houses. In the summer houses, they're doing it. When their friends come on holiday, they're giving them jezbes. They're going back to the United States or France or Sweden or Stockholm. And they come from a tradition like this friend of mine named Vladimir, who lives in Lyon, France, who, who I don't know if he's subscribing or not, but he left Leon about two weeks ago to Cappadocia for a balloon festival to fly over the in balloons, hot air balloons over Cappadocia. And the only thing he wanted, you know, he's in Turkey. He wanted a flat white like they make in Paris and Leon. And the only thing they were serving, it was like uh, Jezve coffee. And he was very frustrated because he couldn't get his style of coffee from France. But, you know, coffee is very personal. You know, it is, it is, people like it, you know, some people like soy milk, and some people like no milk, and some people like two spoons of sugar. But I don't know, I think coffee and bakeries are, are great. People get together, or they just pop in by themselves and have a moment. I, I'm feeling very happy. <laughs> Yeah, you said Again. that. I heard you Again. the first time. <laughs> no, I'm thinking, what if I put into my coffee some spice, uh, what's that, spices? Spices? Yeah, like a cinnamon. You ever tried that? Uh, well, in, in New Orleans, they put in chicory. It's like, uh, like kind of like the bark of a tree, chicory. I think we talked hmm. about beignets and donuts. But, yeah, you could spice it. Um also, when you, you're sprinkling it, like sometimes I'll sprinkle something on top of the Jezbe, thinking I'm putting it in the Jezbe, and like sparks are coming off the uh, 
the the you know the flame area because it, that's now on fire. Like it, it this could be very dangerous. Like if you turn around to like check your cat or you turn around to go answer the door and you leave this stuff alone for like four minutes, like your <laughs> whole kitchen could catch on fire. You have to be careful. Yeah. Well, it's uh, surprisingly, it's uh, they, they've been making coffee like for the past two thousand years. Basically, it's two hundred years tradition, and we, we're discussing like the first time ever. Well, I think that that was one of our very first episodes. There's a first time for everything. A couple mm. of years ago, we started Petroma therapy. Then we talked about where does good and evil come from, and then we talked about. Don't think about cookies. We made an episode about coffee, but well, I mean, it's fun to try new things and to to get a new coffee maker or to try a new style of coffee. And I don't know. I I, I think sometimes living is fun. Do you like? Would you want to like wrap it up? Because uh, that's I think that's a good point to do that. Or would you like to continue and uh, talk a little bit more? The, I'm not ringing the bell, but I'm holding the bell. And this is yeah. the bell that is uh, actually, I think it's from Turkey. And it's got some carvings on it. You told you have, oh, my Jasmine had lots of carving on it. Uh, you have a second bell in your vicinity. Can you like, ring them both? The second bell is in my car because that's my go-to bell for when I'm like in my car. Then the, mm -hmm. other ceram the other ceramic bell I have left over at the lawyer's house because we were tracing the circumference of the bell on some art paper. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, I am currently with just a single bell. Well, it was nice talking to you and uh, stay safe and... Uh... Talk to you soon. Ring the bell, okay. please. Goodbye. Goodbye.